0: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach podcast. I am JB and joined this week by the 18th best supercoach player in the world for season 2021 thus far, Chizo, How are the nerves, mate?
0: Uh, I, very nervous, JB. I, I'm just, <laughs> just stammering here just a little bit. Uh, panicking, I've got to say, just a fraction. Um I've got to say that I, when I saw that Darcy actually did take the field on Sunday, I celebrated like that um, Australian swimming coach. Uh, if anyone's seen that doing the rounds on Twitter, that that, that, that's miss, basically
1: Tipness coach. Yep,
0: yeah. when when, the, when they got the gold. So um, uh, channeling my inner inner Aussie swim coach. But yeah, four weeks to go. It's going to be a long four weeks. I think I I technically lost ground on the top ten, but I went from twenty third to. 18th with a, a twenty five seventy six, 76 so uh, definitely not disappointed um uh, with that jb how'd you go
1: uh not as well <laughs> my team's much much worse than yours so um that, that's what happens but um uh, I'm, I'm holding on to a hope that i can finish in the top 1k i've had awful luck all year um buddy franklin Going out this week is also very painful mm. because I traded him in <laughs> out of necessity. So that's going to be fun. That um, sucks, man. Ho- hopefully, one of uh, a or Brockman survive getting dropped. Otherwise, it's just a straight donut. So I will we'll call see- him we'll see Ginny see Van
0: for the rest of my life because uh, it just makes the memes better.
1: I hate Ginnivan all week on the the commentary. Just just so you know. No,
0: nah, it's it's
1: Ginny Weasley Van. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm in a sh- I'm in a lot of strife. Sh- but it's okay because next year is going to be the year, right? Um, yeah, it's not often I get to interview a top twenty super coach player for the season, Jesus. <laughs> so this is this is going to be fun for me. This is uh, uncharted territory. But before that, I'm going to jump into some Cancer Council donations. I'm reading them out for I think the first time ever, so I just want to. Just want to pat myself on the back there. I'm moving up in the Supercoach podcasting <laughs> world. Um, first of all, we got GP uh, donating reverse all changes on Thursday night. Didn't look at Supercoach all Friday because I didn't need to do anything until Sunday. Woke up Saturday to see Grundy captain Bianco on field for Whitfield and the biggest enemy in our Supercoach seasons are ourselves, not any of the AFL players. So GP has forgot to reoptimize his team post um, post-reversal. So that's the first time I've seen the optimization button actually needed to be used and not used. So that's bad by GP. Um, <laughs> Smitty, donating for dumb things, made the decision midweek midweek to tank in order to get a f- more favorable cash league finals matchup for the next week. I bet Pelly, McRae, Gorn, Dangerfield put the C on Reeves. And it turns out I was looking at the live ladder rather than the normal ladder. And in reality, had no chance of forcing a favourable league matchup. Instead of scoring twenty four ninety three, I scored twenty fifty one. 51 plummeted in rank in what's been my best year ever in Supercoach. I can't get my head around this, any of this, <laughs> Smitty. But seemed like a bad call in foresight and hindsight. So I appreciate the donation there. Um, Whitey donates for getting knocked out by Cheeser in the Cup and an incredibly generous donation as well, Whitey. Um, Thanks, Whitey. Above and beyond there by you, mate. So I really appreciate that one. Uh, Joshua Bell donates $2 for every player that scored below 89 this week. That includes Short, May, Walsh, Zeret, Jelly, Taranto, Grundy, Zorko, Zeeble, Bolton, degoy Brockman. Brackets forgot to look, Paul Madden, 66. Throw in some extra for having to keep Bramble on the bench with his 83. His team has stunk it up, currently living in Spain without the S for the rest of the Supercoach season. So that's not good, Joshua Bell, but I appreciate like it, the donation nonetheless. And then Webdog finally, donating for a donut. I'll be here weekly unless CCJ somehow gets back into the side. Perfect timing for my team to be in the mud just after Rivalry League is wrapped up. Team Pistol 2021 champions with a gold medal emoji. Very fitting for the Olympic Games that we are experiencing at the moment as well. So thank you for your donation as well, WebDog. And I do expect to see you here every week because I don't expect to see CCJ in the team any week. So that's uh, that's some generous donations from our followers. We really appreciate it.
0: Thanks, everyone. We don't have any uh, Patreon sign-ups this week, uh, but just a, a few numbers. Uh, 57 of the top 200, uh, which is ridiculous. Still six of the top 10. Uh, Chizo into the top 10 of Slack, which I think is the, uh, the the most important move that I've made all season, JB. But I'm still second in Queensland because we've got a uh, a false idol putting down as living in Queensland and living elsewhere right here. So uh, technically, I'm still I, I'm still thinking that I'm first. We've also got the uh, Doc Coach Cup still going. 16 teams remain. We're up to the quarterfinals. Uh, Chizo still amongst it. That's what I'm, I'm happy to report. But uh, I did have some stats um, based on the brackets that we've got. Um, of five of the remaining 16 teams in the Cup are a hun- uh, less... Uh, inside the top 100, sorry. Uh, and only four outside of the top 1K. Zero outside of the top 2K. Um, so it's going to be an incredibly difficult bracket, and the top half of the bracket has an average rank of 529th, and the bottom bracket an average rank of 446th. Uh, not that that means anything, but um, uh, just showing uh, just how difficult it is to try and progress through the cup uh, this year, JB. So that's going to be uh, some worthy prizes for those that make it into the finals. Hopefully, your, your boy Cheese, I wouldn't like to mind some of my own merch that I'm not allowed to get my hands on. And uh, yeah, the, the, the only other thing this week, JB, is um, Tex had a, a a day out. You you been able to see what he, how many goals he kicked on the weekend?
1: Uh, he, yeah, he did have a good game actually. Four goals, I think, for Texan. And how many behinds did he have? Uh, none, by my account. So, if you were
0: saying that to someone, what score would you say he kicked for the game?
1: Like four goals, zero or four point like, I mean. Yeah, I, it's always been weird, I guess, <laughs> It's a stretch. 4.0. It's a stretch. Uh, but as Dr. Supercoach,
0: we'd happy, be happy to announce that Manscaped is continuing to sponsor oh, the no. podcast. And they have just released the Lawnmower Mower 4.0, JB. It is the brand new Lawn Mower 4.0. You already know that 2 million men worldwide trust Manscaped, including the podcasters. And, you know... As everything's kind of starting, I know JB, you're coming out of lockout soon. Wouldn't it be nice to be primed and ready and have those Sharon's just ready to go? As you come back out into the world, the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is here to get you ready. You've got the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Deodorant, Crop Reviner a Reviver Toner, as well as two free gifts that come in the Performance Package. You've got the Boxer Briefs and the Shed Travel Bag. The fourth generation trimmer still has the cutting edge ceramic blade that's been upgraded and it reduces grooming accidents thanks to their skin safe technology. Now, JB, you also have the ability to turn off and turn on the LED light for a more of a precise shave, you should say, and uh, this thing will leave you smoother than Michael Phelps going through the pool. Um, Oof, that's and <laughs> That's absolutely right. And uh, you know, after you know, winning gold and going for gold you should uh, bathe in liquid gold with the uh, crop preserver and ball reviver toner. They're the key for feeling victorious this year, JB. Thanks to Manscaped for uh, sponsoring the podcast. If you do want to pick up some great performance package 4.0 gear, you can use code DRSC for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. JB, thanks for Manscaped.
1: Can can I just say the 4.0 was just plugged via a long-drawn bow with that Taylor Walker (laughs) reference I had to draw it out. (laughs) Yeah, look. It was a stretch. It was it was was a stretch. Now, speaking of stretch, we're going to have to stretch the limited content we have this week to discuss uh, onto a (laughs) podcast. You're Uh, so proud of yourself right now. (laughs) Yes, I am. Um, We're going to start with the omissions this coming week of Buddy Franklin and Taron Thomas. Um, Buddy has obviously received a one-week suspension for his elbow to Luke Ryan's head. And Taron Thomas, a one-week rest, we should say, I guess, for the concussion that was late to um, onset. So he is missing this week as well. So we have heard um, those two players, I guess. uh, I mean, if we're discussing one-week little injuries, then I suppose we're still traveling okay as a Supercoach community. But um, for players that don't have any cover, players that are still ranked highly enough to care about getting a zero or players that are potentially facing elimination in their um, league matchup, should they look at using, I'll start by saying their final trade on these players to stay competitive or stay in their leagues?
0: It's a really good question. I would personally um, still hold that last trade because we've got four, uh, sorry three weeks after this um, where we should see, you know, we're worried about Buddy getting a rest. We'll, we'll cover that off first. Um, he's not going to get that rest now. You know, at least it's not injury related that he, he's having a, a week off towards the back end of the year. Uh, and Taron Thomas, just a delayed onset concussion. He's going to be right to go for the week after. So if you're asking me, um, you know, there's the potential you use that trade on someone like a, a Buddy this week and cover that one week only for an injury to have uh, to happen somewhere else if you don't have have cover as well, and suddenly you got three weeks of zero. So I think the um, uh, the uh, the over under is probably um, another week in advance. So if if we're faced with this situation, uh, maybe next week I think my my um, per, like my, my point of view would change, um, but I think we're still we still got a month to go um, this year, and we've seen previous years what happens in round 23 it just kind of goes sideways everyone gets rested particularly those teams at the top Um, I just feel like that that last trade is just going to be absolutely key JB what are your thoughts
1: no I do agree I would try and hold it um, under any circumstance I would try to hold that last trade I unfortunately don't have another trade left uh, and I wish I did because I'm watching behind the couch every single um, game that comes on However, there are a couple of instances in which I would burn the trade in this uh, scenario. Uh, so, first of, the, first of all, if I had something high stakes um, in front of me and I could see the matchup potentially that I was going to lose with or without cover, um, obviously do your research. You could even leave the buddy trade until what looks like late Saturday. Um, I think these fixtures are 100% confirmed now, but um, late Saturday, the buddy, the Sydney uh, game locks out. If we can leave that as long as possible and potentially do a late trade to someone else, we'll discuss options in a second, um, to avoid elimination in your Supercoach cash league if you're in the lower part of the top eight bracket or potentially choose someone who's trying to hold on for the Dr. Supercoach Cup or the LMS competition uh, that are still active. If I had one of those in my scope this week and I knew I was going to lose without making this final trade, I personally... If I was prioritising those competitions above my ranking, um, would throw throw the ball at the stumps and just try to hold on for another week and hope that the luck falls my way?
0: Oh, would you agree with, with that cricket reference? I'm I'm down for that. <laughs> Any cricket references you want to throw in is great. At the stumps, maybe. Um, I, I tend to agree. If you've got ulterior motives other than rank, other than trying to preserve the highest rank you possibly have. Um, then by all means use that trade. If, you, if you're if you in a, in a family league or a cash league and you really need to make finals or you're really looking for that double chance, that's got to be a personal call about your team whether you want to use it. I think where I'm coming from in terms of the one-week donut versus potentially multiple-week donut is just more of a rank kind of thing um, in terms of uh, what's worth risking? Is it is it worth risking potentially having three weeks of donuts to cover one um, is sort of sort of where I'm coming from. And, you know, obviously you can cross your fingers and just hope that nothing else goes wrong. Um, but where, you know, where has that put us in, in this, you know, sort of season? So um, I think with both Taron Thomas and Franklin, if you are copying a donut from them, I'd still be holding, I mean, you know, unless you have something... Outside of that, but JB, if there's uh, you're in the boat of trying to trade, we should probably go through some potential options.
1: Yeah, and just lastly, I would like to agree. If you are going for rank, I would rather cop the pain this week than if, for example, one of my players got injured this very week for the rest of the season, cop three weeks of further pain, which is exactly what you're saying. I just want to it determines on your cover too. Yeah, even without cover, I think I would do that. I would I would expect um, three weeks of average cover to no cover um, to far outweigh the point loss that this one week mm. um, would cop. And like I said, it might not happen. You might be really, um, really okay with making large risks in your side and just hoping you get no more injuries. That might be the type of play that you are. If you're highly ranked enough, I can understand that play um, on on the trade. But me personally, I would be holding that and just um, just, just in case something popped up for that like those last three weeks because the point loss... Over three weeks, it's obviously going to be greater than what you're going to lose this week. So, um, like you said, we will discuss the replacement options. Now, Taron Thomas is only $700 cheaper than Rowan Marshall, who should return this week nice and fresh. Um, Are we seeing him as one of the better, if not the best option?
0: Yeah, I I think he's, he's obviously going to be refreshed from it. Um, we saw a nice little bit of form the the thing that was putting me off, um, let's say Ron Marshall as an upgrade target as we exited the buys is we still had like a third of the season or over a third of the season for him to get through. And there was always the increased risk of him missing, I think with only yep. four weeks to go coming off a week uh, where he's probably been pent up inside with not a whole lot to do. I can see four weeks being worth the risk. I think if, if you pick him up for only a four-week period, a one-month period, and he misses, that's just tough luck. They, they, everyone's copping that kind of luck this year, and I think that's a that's a risk I would be willing to take, um, potentially if it opens up some cover for your ruck line, if you're someone like me that um, is just, you know, my fingers are so sore from having them crossed for the majority of the weekend, hoping Darcy took the field. And that, that's not a good feeling. <laughs>
1: No, 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 not at all. Um, If you have a little bit more money, you're within range of the Bailey Dales and Tom Hawkins of the world. I'd say Tom Hawkins, especially in the form that he's in at the moment, is probably, if you can reach up to him from Buddy or Taron Thomas, the number one option um, in the forward line that isn't slightly budget, like Royal Marshall is.
0: Yeah, look, I don't mind it. Um, Let me just check. Sorry, i am just lost... um... Buddy's price. So is it Twenty eight you would have to have a little bit of cash lying around. Um, it's. I think anyone above Buddy's price is probably worth taking the punt on. I mean, you've got uh, got guys that are averaging 85 to 95 sort of in that range that um, you could be taking a punt on. there's not a whole lot of coaches that have 100k or 80k just sitting around looking to upgrade so um, I, I guess that's the, the hard point for me is like what, in terms of trading these two players um, or a dusty or um, it, it, for those that I think there was um, 20% of the top1,000 didn't trade dusty last week. I don't know if that's because that correlates with people running out of trades or they were just holding to see if there was someone else that presented themselves um, the, you know you know the following week so th- there's probably a few coaches in the position where they are looking for a forward and not a whole lot of cash that's lying around JB um, what did I, I do want to ask you this because we did kind of pump up Jordan Degowie's tires on the weekend I still think he played a similar role to what we've seen in weeks before I didn't think it was too dissimilar um he, an eighty point return is probably not what people were really looking for after the you know, the last month that he's had. Is
1: there any concerns there? No, I think it's okay. Um he didn't play particularly well even in that last quarter where he got a lot of the ball. He was turning it almost directly over. I think Port have a bit of a knack for holding opposition midfielders or dynamic mid forwards to lower scores. I might just be Talking absolute rubbish there, but from memory, a few players score poorly against Port Adelaide's midfield. Um, and he, he just got unlucky. Collingwood got dominated um, when the ball went into Port's forward 50. They A lot of them were just throwing it onto the boot and, and hitting a Port player in the chest. He had about four turnovers in a row and still got to a score of 80. So he obviously had a lot of the ball. You look at other forwards, Bailey Dale scored 72 this week, very popular option. Um, Buddy only scored 70 before he became a non-option obviously this week. Uh, even Shay Bolton, Shy Bolton, um, I always forget which one it is, I think it's Shea, Um yes. scored 42 this week. So uh, I think oh. if you had to go on the Friday for an 80, you're probably feeling a little bit hard done by it. But by the time the weekend ended, um if that's his flaw, then you're a very very lucky happy coach so um i still think he's a, the premier option um one of the premier options i have i've already listed like three or four options as the premier option but um, <laughs> i'm going i'm i'm operating under the assumption that the the like if you probably own five of these guys and i've probably named three of the guys in your forward line already as premier options, so i'm trying to just keep- keep naming players that are really good options because people tend to have five of the top like eight forwards already. So um it's hard to just sort of say get this guy no matter what because he's probably highly owned. But yeah. Um sure. so I think to go is really, really good if you had the, the money to go there. If we're shopping a little bit in the the cheaper range, let's say Buddy Franklin's price and under Yeah. Um we're not looking at good players for starters, um or we're not looking at players that are in any form. I would not recommend going near Zach Butters. I would not recommend uh guy near Isaac Heaney, despite him having a good couple of weeks, he, we obviously know he is injury-prone and he is prone to really, really, really poor scores as well. Um Shea Bolton's the one that I mentioned earlier with a score of 42 this week. Looked like he was turning a corner the week prior with a score of 107 against Brisbane. The only saving grace for him is that their run of Fremantle, North Melbourne, GWS and Hawthorne might be super promising. Um, they just got dominated by Geelong. Um, not many of their players scored well. I think they only had one ton for the entire game. So um, despite having a good role, 70% or so CBAs, um he did not score well. If that role sticks around for the next month, I could imagine the the uptick towards ninety plus averaging is, is gonna happen.
0: And and this is something that we mention repeatedly about these young guys when they transition into um, you know, full time midfielders or a, a heavy CBA mid. We saw with Walsh on the weekend one fifty and then one ninety and then backs it up with an okay kind of game like he still had 30 touches or something like that but just wasn't as impactful uh didn't put on as much pressure as he had in the weeks previous maybe that's something to do with him still being only 21 and maturing and stuff like that so with Shea Bolton we're just going to see a little bit more variance as you said there's nothing to be concerned about in terms of his role I, I still think that I enjoyed seeing the role that he had they just got smashed I think yep. um, Prestia's uh, mentioned in the news to potentially be back this week uh, as well, which is probably going to free him up a little bit having another you know big body in an under mid because um, Shea's not that type of play. He's certainly more on the outside uh, and being more damaging with his disposal as opposed to shoveling it out in the, the Cunnington types and the, the Prestia types. So I see that as a positive for him. Um, the, the thing is with shopping at, say, 4 uh, sorry, four thirty and below, which is Buddy's price, none of these guys are either in the best form of their life or one of the top options, you know, in the forward line. So we are shopping in the Audi aisle. This, this is kind of where um, we do need to kind of make an educated guess and then if you've got a feeling about someone, just back yourself in and, and have a crack because it's likely that when you compare Isaac Heaney, Shea Bolton, um, Zach Butters and these types there may not be a whole lot of difference between them at the end of the year, depending on how they go. So um, I, I was interested to, to say that you put a line through Zach Butters straight away. Obviously, that was his first game back from another re-injury. Is the the, the injury that is completely putting you off the table or you weren't happy with his role? Um, from a, a Port standpoint, what's, why, where did that big cross through his name come from?
1: Yeah, a little bit of everything. Uh, and it's the same as when he came back the first time and got that re-injury. Uh, despite having twenty five odd in the first quarter he he had thirty nine up until about half time and then um, in the third quarter stayed around that mark and then got injured so Um, He wasn't looking particularly good in that return game, um, let alone this return game, which is a full game for 51. Um, His role isn't there. He's now uh, more stay-at-home. Abrazio and Robbie Gray are out of the side, so we need someone to stay forward and be dangerous. It all coincides with him returning from the injury uh, and just needing to be eased back a little bit. Don't get me wrong. You will see him in some CBAs. You will see him um, roam up the field a little bit as he did pre-injury, but it's not as much. Um, I, I, I would haze to, would haze, would hazard a guess as to um, how his split was pre-injury, and I would say he probably spent as much time outside the forward 50 as he did inside. Um, now, I'd say that has considerably tipped towards the inside forward 50. So despite him going to be having some flashy moments from 25 to 30-point quarters, um, I do not expect him to average more than 85 for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, and the one thing it does is, uh, you know, we like we liked jumping on these guys as they're about to break out, and I think... I think I think it's okay to say that you picked another one, JB, um, as one of these guys that, you know, if they weren't injured would have put you so far ahead of the pack in the first six to eight weeks. Um I know a lot of the top coaches, uh, particularly in Slack did start butter, so I'm still counting that as a good call by you. I it, it really just kind of um, coming into 2022, he's probably going to keep that half-forward role, um, You know, particularly playing forward a little bit towards the back end of the year as they are kind of easing him back in. It just makes him a really nice-looking selection for 2022. It's just disappointing that we're probably going to have a much higher ownership than what we started this season with and looked like getting the jump.
1: Yeah, and that has its pros and cons. I'm okay with starting a player that's 50% owned as someone who was an injury risk the year prior and is still young enough to be a scoring risk um that year. So not that I'm trying to talk anyone out of it. I want everyone to start him. I think he's going to be an excellent pick next year. Um but having the fifty percent ownership with his obvious cons from this year carried forward um does alleviate a lot of risk in the the selection as well. So I think a lot of people are going to be able to select a risk free, cheap Zach Butters next year and hopefully we all have the same mm. enjoyment in owning him in the first month as I did. So um, having said I, that, there's there's not a lot more selection. I've got right, one more. All right, go. Is it Dylan? I've got Moore? one Can more. I just
0: ask. It was not going to be Dylan Moore, but it sounds like you want to talk about Dylan Moore.
1: I, I mean, in in his last five games, he's gone 100 against GWS, 36 against Port, which admittedly is not great. <laughs> 112 against Fremantle, 83 against Melbourne, 115 against Adelaide. Um, he's just in quite a lot of form. He, he's a small forward type player. Um, he's just in good form. So. I, I thought that was the type of left field player that you were going to aim for, well, that's okay.
0: Not necessarily. I, I think the point I was going to make is um, I think anyone below 400,000 is when you're getting into the real risk range where you're looking at, you know, there's Brett Burley, Tom Lynch, Lincoln McCarthy. These kind of guys, you, there is absolutely no trust or expectation that you might get some good scores out of them. I think the only one under 400,000 potentially you could get, uh, still side bottom.
1: Oh, no, he said it.
0: He had a great role once Taylor Adams went off uh, with his knee knock in the third quarter. Um, Look, he's been certainly up and down this year. I was completely wrong about him this year. I thought that he'd be a safe 95 uh, expected him to go around the 100 mark he's not even been anything close to that this year but you know th- this is what we're saying we are shopping around the Addy mark uh, the Addy market so um, there is some potential that he could get still but again the the kind of options that we're choosing between aren't that great and uh sorry he, he's probably going to get more time in the midfield and the reason that i bring him up is another injury that people are suffering with is that uh, Scott Pendlebury is potentially I think he's confirmed out with a uh, for the remainder of the season with a, a fracture in his lower leg. So, um,
1: broken by himself, by the way, not the leg. The news that he was going to be out for the season with um, yeah. Broken. We need to see yeah. more of that. Very rare. Um, just last the still side bottom, averaging eighty six point six. So you're not far off of what you think it just feels like an average of seventy two point three because he 's been that bad in the last month, but yeah you 're right, Pendlebury and a always shaky Taylor Adams is going to keep things alive for him. He could just skirt by with an eighty five plus which is actually more than what we might expect from the other options that we 've already named. I still think Shay is the premier option out of yeah. those guys that we've spoken about. Um, It sounds like I had a bet with a friend to mention Premier as much as I could on the podcast, but I swear that is not the case. It's just worked out that way. So um, we're going to go through, as you mentioned, Scott Pendlebury, his injury, how many players would have had him in their side. Um, It's actually more than I expected. Uh, I think a lot of people got a little bit desperate for money there and jumped on. He's owned by 7.5% of the competition. Yeah, wow. Um, He does, yeah, he does desperately need to be traded out. And I think the i will let you mention the first guy that comes to mind because he does seem like an obvious pick if you've got a bit of cash there.
0: Uh, well, our number one option last week was Cam Guthrie. He was actually scooting under the radar because he was actually so underpriced. And no one was—everyone was kind of looking in the you know down to five hundred k range and wasn't really expecting to see any value under five hundred k. And then obviously he's popped out another one twenty. He's still going to be a really good option on the way home. He's got North this week. If they're going to put any attention into it, it's going to be a red-hot danger, so he's probably just going to run free. Um, if you've got, I think it's 40K between Pendles and and Guthrie, I would do that. Um, I, I think it's hard to expect anyone to have you know anything more than that sort of lying around. And the next best yep. option is, oh, I'm going to say best option, looking at those... God, how good has Dyson Heppel been this year? He's he's blown my expectations out of the water. Um, Very Jared good. Lyons at five hundred and fifty six thousand seven hundred is the next kind of quote unquote best option that I would personally uh, kind of be looking at with the potential of of going one twenty. Um, everyone in between that is kind of a one hundred to maybe one hundred five, one hundred ten if things go well range, and I'd rather be trying to pick someone that I can see some genuine upside from in the Cam Guthrie um, types. Uh, do you kind of agree with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Jared Lyons, I think, is a safe ton. Um, I think he's only said ton four times this year. As I quickly fact check that, that is true. You're Three making time, that up. Two times. Two times this year. Yeah, he's, wow. he's will be consistent. Um, he had okay, like 30 what-
0: touches on the weekend again and still only got a ton.
1: Yeah, he butchered it earlier. I think he had 10 touches for like 20 super coach points or something, so yep. it didn't look great early. But um, an 81 against St. Kilda, an 82 against GWS, those are his sub-tons. Um, besides that, uber-consistent, uber-reliable, um, so absolutely 556k coming off of a recent couple of low tons and that 80 uh, in recent time. so he's yeah, very good underpriced. Value. Uh, if we do have to shop underneath Cam Guthrie, um, I, I think we should just go through and just slowly rank a couple of these options um, yep. as we go down. So we've got the the likes of Ben Keys with a three round average of ninety six, Boak with a, the the same three round average, uh, and then a couple of young bucks, Bailey Smith and humor Cluggage with averages in the three round mark of over one hundred and five. Both of those guys in big good form. How do you rate those four options? I guess.
0: Um, I think Hugh, personally, for me, is probably my pick of the litter in those instances. Boker's really slowed uh, slowed down after the the last few, you know, the the, the opening month or two. Um, And we've seen wines uh, completely take over that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Port Adelaide midfield. And I think that's something we're going to see, uh, continuing, uh, towards the back end of the year. So I- I'm kind of Absolutely. overlooking him. I, d- I don't see, uh, I mean, he- he's an absolute superstar. There's no reason he can't go big. We're just kind of, um, trying to make, uh, educated guesses here. Um, so I think Hugh with a, a season average in the, the three figures is probably the safer option. He's probably going to go that 105 mark I think we can be reasonably confident in. Bailey Smith is an interesting one for me because we saw this sort of last year where he comes out and he has a three-round average of 140 and then averages 95, 90 for the year. And he just goes missing at times. He, he, he just doesn't, you know, it's going to be very difficult for him to be a permanent cog in the midfield for the Doggies. Uh, Potentially, uh, I think Adam Trelaw is not far away either. Expected to return round 21 to 23. So hearing a little murmuring about Adam Trelaw coming back soon as well. And Bailey Smith is obviously the one that's going to be impacted first, whereas Hugh McCluggage is not really missing out. There's no midfielders that are are desperately going to come in and and change uh, his role within the team. Um, In terms of the remaining... Kind of wow, scores I'll around it. I'll just yes. jump in quickly. So, yes. Bailey
1: Smith, um, I do completely agree with zero tons between rounds two and uh, 14. So, I think that kind of says it always roll um, with another, especially with Adam Trullor potentially introduced into that midfield as well, is super, super inconsistent or consistently bad, whichever you want to go with. Um, Humor Cluggage has shown the ability to turn up even with Lockie Neal back in the side. Um, most of that hundred plus average was without Neil. Uh, between rounds four and nine, he had an a, a average of around 120 where he just dominated. Then nil returned and he went back into the, the 70s, 80s and 90s. But his last two weeks have looked a lot better, both with yeah. um, tons. They have a run of Hawthorne, Fremantle, Collingwood and West Coast. So um, if he was ever going to go on a decent run of form, it was going to be now. So I do agree with that. And then um, as you were about to jump into the next bunch. It does get consistently worse from here. Um, we're talking about Josh P. Kennedy coming off of a huge 154, good three-round average of 114. Um, Adam Trelaw potentially, if he does actually return this very week. Um, and then we're looking at Jacob Hopper with a 97 three-round average, 96 average for the season. Nah, and then, Not doing it yeah, for me. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to get creative, you, you could Look, elsewhere, I wouldn't touch Carl Amon without um, having a consistent ability to just score points. It gets really, really sketchy after that, Jeez, I, Um I'm scrolling through looking for an option. And, and Mate, I'm, I'm going to
0: hit you with some hard questions. We're going to filter go. by Scott Pendlebury's price. We're going to assume we've got no dollars in the bank and we're yep. going to go below Scott Pendlebury. Uh-huh. This is, this is going to be difficult because I'm going to let you go first. So you actually get a first pick uh, from those priced below Scott Penelbury draft style. First
1: pick. Okay. I think I'm going to go Tim Kelly.
0: Yeah, I like it.
1: Super, Th- super, super low value with a, a 26 and a 46 both of which I hope were injury-affected. The 26 definitely was. <laughs> um, but he, he lost a lot of price. And he's, then since then, he's gone 80, 115, 82, 114. Yeah. Um, he's been inconsistent at West Coast in general, but Conningwood, Melbourne, Fremantle, Brisbane, he's got a 50-50 run um, on the on the way home. Melbourne actually do concede decent midfield opposition points. So I think with that, he, we can I mean hopefully see some form, but he would be my best pick from from those guys. He
0: oh, look. Oh, damn it! I, I thought he was going to slip by. I, I genuinely <laughs> thought you'd 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 start at the top of the list. Me, like, oh, Brad Crouch. Um, I oh, agree. No. Tim Kelly was going to be uh, going to be my pick. Um, the problem is, a lot of these guys, you know, we're, we're shopping in such a cheap aisle. The the best the, the use by date on on these cans of tuna are not very very far away. Um, I might stick with his teammate in Andrew Gaff. hasn't yeah, had a great year, um, but he's uber consistent because uh, you know he just gets those cheapies on the outside. If you are really struggling, uh, at least he's going to average you maybe ninety upwards of you know upside of one hundred, depending on how the Eagles come on the, if they get some form on the back half. So I see a little bit of positive there as well for you, JB. Back to you.
1: Uh, I am going to go with a Homer, and that's Willem Drew.
0: See, that's who I thought you'd start with.
1: (laughs) So since round seven, he has scores of 129, 107, 109, 122, 107, 117. Um, He's obviously, he's got six scores below 100 there. One in the 90s, two in the 70s, one in the 60s, sorry, three in the 70s, one in the 60s, one in the 50s. Um, I'm not going to, lock him in for a 105 plus average but Mm. he seems to be improving every single week gws adelaide carlton and western bulldogs are their run home um i can imagine him getting at least two or three tons out of that run home and then a sketchy western bulldogs there as well so he's already played adelaide this year for a ton um he's played carlton for a not ton (laughs) he scored 41 that week um and hasn't played GWS or Western Bulldogs yet. Oh, sorry, he did play Western Bulldogs. That was a ton as well. So um, yeah, 50-50 run home, could get two or three tons in that run home, but likely to get a lower score in there as well, around the 70 mark.
0: He's just been under the packs. He's He's been the one of the main drivers in feeding the ball out to someone like Ollie Wines so he can be a little bit more impactful. Whereas Wines was used as that inside bull for years and years. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and, and it, it just plays into Drew's strength. I just see him as being, you know, this is the year he's kind of maturing and taking that spot that we in the midfield that we always knew he was going to. Um, I think that's a really good thing for Port Adelaide and, and something that um, hopefully he's doing, you know, something similar on the way home. JB, I'm going to go with one that's really, really risky. This is like full out there. Um, with my next pick, I'm going to go with Braden Gotarini.
1: <laughs> that was the last guy I was going to say, so I'm not selecting any more after this because it gets really tragic after this. Yep. But <laughs> after that, you're just taking
0: it. you're taking a punt. This is the thing. Fiorini has always, always, always been a ball magnet, and I just feel like his use with the ball has been something that's cost him a position in the Gold Coast midfield for some time. Um, I've liked what he's, uh, what he's put forward since he's come into the team. So he's played round four, uh, 14, 16, 17, 18, 19, and he's got scores of 50, 88, 89, 107, and 139 Um He's just one of those guys that I just feel like has that ceiling. So um, he, he's had 41 disposals on the weekend. The week before, he had 32. And that's what we know him for. Um, he's the kind of name, uh, you know, that you just expect he's going to have a, that ceiling with the amount of ball that he does get. So um, I, I think if he holds his position on the way home, he is probably the one that has the potential to go 110. I wanna say if he kind he's kind of hit fire in the last two weeks. But this is this is full out there, JB. This is sort of like if you've got two trades, let's say you've got Pendlebury and you've got I don't know, um, Franklin and you've got no cover and you're gonna do two trades, the, the the money you save from going down to Fiorini from Pendlebury might be just enough, um, depending on what's in your bank to get Buddy up to a more reputable forward. Um and, and and that would be one of those uh, scenarios that I might consider him. But you've got to know that shopping below this price is uh, is risky in and of itself. So it, it all uh, it all depends on do you go for that sort of ceiling, that high possession rate that Fiorini has. Um, I think that's a question that comes down to how you want to play it personally. But that's definitely a high-risk, high-reward sort of play.
1: I like Fiorini. I think this is a good throw at the stumps. Um, if you will Ooh. choose it Yeah, um, I love that. And, and he could, if he does hold down a decent midfield role for the next four weeks, he could actually go, I'm going to say one up to 110. He's good. He has good pedigree. He's a breakout contender. He's been a breakout contender for three years now. Um, I hope he actually does string it together because he's got the talent. He just needs the opportunity now, I think. So hopefully for him, that time is now and he comes home with a wet sale, but um, obviously we're not making any guarantees at this price range. You are buying what you are getting. So yeah, um, I've got a couple more things to run through. Then we're going to end the podcast. We can't waffle on for too long here. Gizzo. Yep. Um, I just want to float to you. If someone is running with a bad F six, for example, they've got a rookie on field like Waitman um, or a bad M eight, even like Bramble, um, who's, by the way, not been that bad, um, and they have one trade in the bank. How would you recommend going about this situation? I think a few people are getting real itchy trigger fingers. Maybe they're losing rank. Maybe they've dropped a couple of league games in a row. Um, we just might need to set them straight with, with what to do with that last trade and how to treat the situation.
0: Yeah, it's a very good point. Um, I think if you've got Bramble at M8, there's no reason to panic. I think he's going to be a good 70-plus. I didn't mind it. I thought that Hardwick and Scrimshaw would have a bit more of an impact on him. Um,
1: let me yeah, just so help. did I. Let's just have a double-check. you just got to like 82 sure. this week.
0: Yeah, 82. So Hard Hardwick and Scrimshaw both came back. Um, I was worried that he was going to have the bottom fall out because he's not necessarily the number one kick-in taker um, with those two back. I didn't see it. I still see him... Every time you watch him, he just looks impressive, really uh, like attacking hard on the ball, looking to get deep penetrat- penetration with his kicks, and he makes good decisions. So um, I- I'm not necessarily panicking. The premise of the question, should I burn my last trade for the simple fact of getting a rookie off field? Ideally, we did this six weeks ago. You know what I mean? You're in, a- in this position with a rookie on field because of situations that were either in your control and you mishandled your trades or they were out of your control and you had to trade accordingly. That doesn't, that's not, not to say that you should make a last-ditch effort to try and finish your side. Right now, that last trade is worth more to your team than going from a weightman averaging 50s, probably got no cash in the bank, Waitman's not going to get you up to anyone that's suddenly going to guarantee you a hundred average. We just talked about the forward line um, prices. We don't really want to pick anyone under four hundred k. And with Waitman priced only, I think barely above three hundred thousand, you've got to have a considerable amount of money in your bank to be able to get. We don't want to anyone that's below four
1: sixty k, by the way. Even at that point, we're struggling.
0: Yeah, look, if you've got 200K in the bank and you can upgrade him, by all means. Um, But I think it comes down to two factors. What's your DPP flexibility? Can you you keep Bramble on field and upgrade? Uh, Maybe you've got a a dodgy rookie. Maybe you've got two rookies on field, um, in which case that might be something to look at. Um, I think that last trade is worth more to you than... Upgrading a fifty to a seventy-five, which is what you might yep. trade it to, over the course of the last month, you'll accumulate a hundred points. Which, give or take, depending on how you value it, might be worth a trade. We say you know one hundred and fifty k or one hundred and fifty points or whatever numbers pistols comes up with. I, I trust him with the math. Um, the problem is also that yes, you might make a hundred points by getting up to a seventy-five average from Waitman for whatever. But what happens if you get an injury? Suddenly you're losing 100 points, in, uh, points a week. Um, there's, this is multifactorial. I think the, the, the value of a trade is still too high to just be burning it on upgrading someone that is playing. You know what I mean? If you've got rookies on the bench, you could be loopholing these guys every week and getting the highest score. So um, there's certainly not too many negatives. I do want to throw a situation that's probably not one you've asked for, JB. But something that I'm considering, I don't have ruck cover and I have mediocre forward cover. I was toying up with the idea that if I have no injuries um, with two rounds to go, would it be worth trading someone like Bramble who would be now at 400k to... Some sort of DPP flexibility that you don't have, and he's my M nine by the way. He's my 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 bench cover. Is there some sort of scenario where I could trade him to um, a a ruck forward using DPP, and just kind of have a really cheap mediocre ruck that is covering multiple lines that you know currently don't have uh, don't have cover? Because my fear is that you know Darcy will get rested this week or the week after or something, for example, and I burn that final trade, I've still got no ruck cover. I've still got no forward cover. And obviously, um, my rank is uh, could completely fall off the cliff if I don't sort something out. I, I realize that's a really complicated and nuanced question. Um, I just want to know kind of what your thoughts are about that scenario.
1: All right, so a couple of things. First of all, I'm, I'm glad you leaned into this because this was my next line of questioning, which is great. Um secondly the you're answering in regards to the um bad f six or m eight in quotation marks because they're not actually that bad. Um, yeah 100% agree um, you're probably trading up for a minimal point gain over the next four weeks whereas if you get an injury in your defense for example um, and can't cover it sufficiently or you get a further injury in your forward line and can't cover it sufficiently um, you're losing much more than that 100 potential points that you gain over the next four weeks so absolutely hold that trade get rid of the cure your itchy finger somehow put a I don't know, put some ointment on it, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> the, in regards to your um, situation regarding cover, I assume this is your last trade that you're contemplating using?
0: Yeah, so let me paint the scene. I've got Bianco at D7 and I've got Sharp at D8, which allows me to switch Sam Durham between my, my defence and uh, midfield for cover. I've yeah. got Bramble on the mid bench, but then in my rucks, I've got no cover and in my forward line, I've got McRae who... It was okay for 50 on the weekend. I was actually really impressed with him on the weekend. Um, And he, I don't know if we can really depend on him. And Briggs, who should get a game because Mummy looked proper cooked on the weekend and they probably want to rest him. But it may not be the week that I need them. So I wouldn't necessarily say I've got cover like I do with Bramble, Durham and Bianco in the midfield and defence line. And so what I'm thinking of is because I've got Durham and Bianco to cover both midfield and defence I don't necessarily need Bramble just burning cash away on my bench when my midfield is not going too bad. And I'm thinking about using DPP to turn him into a ruck forward option. Okay, Um, this is easy.
1: Yeah. This is easy. All right. If you need Bramble to a a ruck forward option to cover an injury or a resting, then do it. But don't do it now. Do it when you actually need it. Yeah. Because something might happen somewhere else in your field. Bianco is dropped, Durham is dropped, and you've got a defensive injury now. Um, unlikely situation, but it could absolutely happen. Um, and now you've used a trade on potentially covering someone who's potentially rested or injured in your forward ruck line, and it just might never happen. Yeah. So the whole using trades to patch up future potential issues um, is crazy to me because... Those issues, they're not going to sneak mm. up on you. You're going to get the team sheet. You're going to see that this guy is out or this guy is out. Um, you're going to realize that you're in a sticky situation. That's when you want the trade. And that's when you want to use the trade. At that point, whether you assess it as I need to trade out this premium or I need to trade in this cover for one week, that's that's you can assess that however you, you deem necessary. But for the time being, there are a multitude of things that could go wrong on other lines that might not affect your forward ruck situation at all that you might have to trade out of and if you use your trade in that situation just anticipating something bad um, it just might never come so you've just wasted that trade fixing a a potential issue that's not there so what if for example um, you trade in a ruck forward this week you put them on your bench great so you've got cover for a potential darcy rest you got cover for whoever you have in the forward line who's been atrocious which is almost everyone um and whitfield goes out with a season ending injury would you rather play bianco on field for four weeks or would you rather have forward rut cover um to me it just seems you you just want to you want to fix these leaks as they happen i'm not sticky taping the bottom of the the boat, in ca- like for where I think leaks might <laughs> suddenly appear, um, I'm sticky taping where the leak actually is. So, and I'm probably, hopefully, using something better than a sticky tape.
0: I was going to um, say, I really want to know your aqua <laughs> repair skills because I'm not sure where the no, sticky not- tape's coming from.
1: Yeah, they're non-existent, but that actually does... It's a perfect <laughs> um, example, TV, my Supercoach season as well. If I know anything about TV, they use corks.
0: They just have like an yeah. infinite amount of corks they just hammer in. I, th- I think that's a cartoon reference. but um, per- yeah, Perfect so-
1: reference to my Supercoach season. <laughs> I am actually using sticky tape there as well. So um, it, it explains why I'm sinking. Um, right. But yes, no, no, no. It, it t- attack the problems as they arise, not anticipation.
0: I, I love that. I actually, I actually love that because... Um, we do. Get, I do get a lot of questions about. Um, well, not so much questions. I get. I get DMs with statements. This is what I'm planning on doing. Would you do it? <laughs> it's like you've <laughs> yes, already made your, yes. you've already made your mind up. Like, um, I, I guess this is a scenario. Do you trade someone like Bramble to a Peter Laddams to ensure you've got cover on every line, and then potentially not need it when you know you come exactly. in t- you come into the final round, and you could have used that trade to. Um, get rid of Bolton, who's averaging 43 in the last
1: month. You know, so. Yep. Uh, <laughs> he would you... then score 120. Yeah. And, and whoever that, you trade him for would score 80. That's
0: actually yeah. called the Matt Crouch rule, I believe, JB. Yes,
1: yes. Matt <laughs> dubbed and duped myself. Thank you. Um, I've got one more scenario to quickly discuss with you. Hit me. Um, and, then, and then we're going to end the podcast. So, um, oh, actually, one Captains. more scenario and then captaincies. Um three trades left, one premium to upgrade. Do I spend two trades to get Dangerfield, for example, or any Uber premium, two trades to get Bont, two trades to get um Laird. I don't know why you don't have lead, but um do I use my two trades to get an absolute Uber? Or do I just use the one trade to get a more middle range um player? For example, instead of Dangerfield, I get Royal Marshall, instead of Bontempelli I get Jared Lyons. Um do I do I save the extra trade? Or do I go for that, those raw points and still have one trade in the bank for the remaining three or four weeks?
0: I think one trade with three weeks remaining is going to be enough. I would Like if I get through team sheets this week and go into the final three weeks with one trade remaining... I'm going to be yep. really, really happy with myself, particularly if I've got cover that only needs to come on field for potentially one, maybe two weeks. You know, you're know, you not losing Agreed. Yep. A, a massive amount. Um, it, it depends also on many factors that are team-specific. So if, uh, again, you're looking at league, you're looking at the, a, a cup format, um, these sorts of things are going to be weighing more on your mind uh, when you're making this decision, also rank. You know, if you're highly ranked and you have the opportunity to turn someone like Josh Kelly into a bond, um, I see, and, you, and you're in the top one hundred, something like that. I, I see that as a worthwhile risk because you know, if you wait to the final round to upgrade something like that, and you've got a trade in hand, you could end up like the Matt Crouch scenario where you just trade yourself out of points. So, um, I, I think if you've got enough cover that i would and you've got a reason to do it i wouldn't be doing it just for fun you know like you you've locked up a top 4 spot in, in your no this
1: is this is potentially a last upgrade for example last so upgrade so you're in a situation where you've got bramble or in on field but yep. instead of having only one trade you've got three trades
0: yeah yep. I, I think i would i think there's a. I think there's more Absolutely. scenarios where it's worth the risk than then yep. uh, basically Agreed. if you've got no bench cover is the only reason that i 100 may not do that
1: Ladies and gentlemen, that's why Chizo is ranked 18th in Supercoach. The perfect answer. I would only do this if I had any type of living bench cover whatsoever. Then I would be comfortable. Go chase those points. We're in the very end game of the season. This might be the difference between a league win or a, a highest ever rank, etc. cetera. Um, the guy that you're trading in instead of the other guy is actually also potentially a captaincy shout as well, yeah. which is a factor. You've got potential points coming out the wazoo. I wish I was in your scenario. I would definitely go for gold. So um, perfect answer, Cheezo. So perfect timing said, with the
0: gold reference too.
1: Yes, perfect. Captain. Everything's coming up, Milhouse. Um Yes, captain. So I'm taking your advice this week because I hit Sam Walsh. Yeah, Um, it was my VC, though. And a lot of people hit Sam Walsh. A lot of people hit Darcy Parrish. A lot of people hit um, Grundy into Lockheed Neal, for example. Um, It just wasn't a great week for captaincy, but um, be our our leader, please, Jesus. Who are you looking at this week?
0: Uh, I do like the look of Jack Steele. I think even... Uh, he didn't have an amazing uh, game on the weekend. He didn't necessarily cop a tag, JB, but he did cop attention um, at stoppages from yep. time to time. So uh, I'm still really confident that his last six to eight weeks has been really, really positive, uh, and he's in a, mm-hmm. a, a rich fade form back at Marvel Stadium against Carlton. I, I, I see that as being um, a really good option. I see the, the Doggies against the Crows uh, first up on Saturday in the afternoon at Mars Stadium. McRae loves... Mar Stadium for a memory, so um, him and Bont are just going to be uh, super consistent. Um, it would be really easy to come uh, to, to come out and say danger field against North. Um, I don't
1: think it is easy. Let me uh, give me a second here. I was going to yeah. the best scorer of the Super Coach season. Can't turn up against this team. Sam Walsh, the most informed player arguably in the competition over the last fortnight prior to this week, can't turn up against North Melbourne. They do something yep. to opposition midfielders. They, I know that the the team is likely to win against them. That's fine. They do something to limit the. Op- I mean, they. By the way, North Melbourne won this last week. I don't want to <laughs> take it <credit> away from. <laughs> they, them, they do but, this thing called um, winning. They're not easy beats. Yeah. Um, But they do something in the midfield, especially with Cunnington, Jai Simpkin, Taron Thomas rotates through there. Um, They have a strong midfield um, and they they limit opposition midfield points despite Geelong likely getting the wing this week. I don't think that guarantees danger um, into a big captaincy score.
0: Yes, that's what I I was actually... Sorry I cut you off there. I
1: know you you were going to say the same thing.
0: Yeah, I was leaning towards Bluntstone Arena, North it just doesn't sit right with me I just feel like um, it's yep. one of those one of those games that dangers kind of hit his straps in the last few weeks they might just kind of just let him cool down sit, you know sit on the block steaming just a little bit while the rest of the team kind of carries um, I see you know there's obviously no reason that he, he, he can't do a big score but that's something that I'm just sort of sensing um, in terms of kind of late options towards the back end of the round, You've got Titch uh, or the uh, the Brisbane guys at Utah Stadium on the Sunday afternoon. Other than that, on Sunday, there's not a whole lot of genuine captaincy options. I guess you, could, if you're one of those unique coaches that have um, Ollie Wines against the Giants, could be potential. Um, but it's important to know that Lockie Ash actually tagged uh, Darcy Parrish. Um, and and Darcy tried to run through the tag. There were some times where he, he certainly outran um, outran the game, but that second half that the bombers just got absolutely smashed in the midfield, and they loosened up the tag a little bit because the the giants were just all over them, and they just couldn 't get their hands on the ball in the, in the midfield. Um, I'm not particularly concerned about Shield. I don't think his role impacted as well. But um, I, I, I think the, uh, the the Friday, sorry, the uh, the Friday and Saturday games is where we need to be finding our our VC and C. Obviously, uh, Oliver against and and, uh, and took play each other on Saturday as well. So I think if you've got. Someone like Walsh or Steele, I'd have no problem chucking the VC on either of those on the Friday night and then picking yep. a game on the Saturday night um, that you really are confident in and liking the look of. And I think it's going to be really difficult not to find at least a one a one fifteen, one twenty from those uh, those two games. I think it's going to be difficult to, to find a, a, an 80 score this week.
1: Yep. So right now, Steele into McRae, I think, is yep. the easiest decision I'll hopefully make all year. Yep. Um, touch wood. Steal into Bontempelli is even better if you own Bontempelli, which I do not. Um, and then if you don't like the look of that, I still don't mind Clayton Oliver against Took, who hasn't actually been doing much of a hard tag this year. Um, or potentially, if he wanted to get fancy, I still think Darcy Parish against Sydney is going to be good. Um, and then, like you said on the Sunday, there's not a lot to look at. Um, but Lions against Hawthorne, uh, potentially, and Tom Mitchell against has been potentially but rather you're probably using an early vice captain yeah captain i think that's a little bit more week. risky
0: i think there's some better options than those guys yeah uh, absolutely. i've just i've just gone into the uh, jack mccray stats uh he's got two listings for mars stadium mars stadium uh ms in brackets uh, he's had five games that average 137 and mars stadium mar in brackets he's played one game for 189 so if they are potentially yeah, but it's not bad. if they are potentially the same thing he's averaging like 145 at that ground so um yeah. I, I, and he, just like
1: I said, Gorn against absolutely no one um, looks okay as well but yeah i'm not, I'm not entirely crash on convinced Gorn. on his form no. yeah neither no. am i but he, yeah, he just he's just like a last-ditch effort sort of coasting, if you don't isn't he? love anyone on the Saturday. Yeah, he is. He really is. Same with Grundy. I think he's. they're just mm. both trying to fight to be affordable next next year considering Sean Darcy is going to be in 100% of teams at 900K. So <laughs> the problem is
0: Darcy is fighting just to stand up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, but he's made of rubber. He's, he's, he's done like three oh, PCO injuries this year mate, and he's missed two games. If only he kicked unbelievable.
0: like 2-2 two, two or 3-1 or something like that. That it, it was a 120 gone begging, I thought, even with his hobbling. Um, and th- we've just seen that the, um, the round 20 fixture has been confirmed. It's not actually updated on the Supercoach website at time Correct. of recording. Yep. So let me just run through. Friday night, St. Kilda and Carlton at Marvel. Saturday afternoon, we've got the Doggies and Adelaide at 12.30. North Melbourne and Geelong at one fifteen, And Gold Coast and Melbourne, uh, to be confirmed where they're playing, but it's going to be at 3.10. Collingwood and West Coast at the MCG at 4.15, and Essendon at Sydney at the Gabba at 7.40. A lot of overlapping games on the Saturday, so that's going to be really important to probably set an alarm like I do, JB, just so you don't forget. Uh, on the Sunday, uh, we've got Hawthorne and Brisbane at UTAS at 2.10. GWS versus Port uh, to be confirmed a location, but at 3.10pm, again overlapping with the Hawks. And starting at the exact same time, or oh, actually... Um, uh, Australian Western Standard Time so that'll be delayed uh, for us over on the East Coast that'll be Fremantle and Richmond at Optus JB. So uh, they're the fixtures um, and that that was also where I was coming from in terms of um, my captaincy options as well because on the supercoach website it says we've got uh and
1: it took me a second to get into that but yeah yeah i I ended up following
0: yeah Essendon and sydney playing it on friday at 750 um doesn't look like uh yeah it doesn't look like their supercoach website has been updated just yet
1: they have not so that's fine um we're going to end the podcast there I cannot believe that we got an hour of content out of wow. twenty minutes of content. It's, I've missed you, babe. Um, <laughs> Jay. Babe. I know. We, we we need to we need to sit down and, and chat more often. I mean, I I can't really fit in the same room as, as your head at the moment, so that's the that's the first conundrum. Um, <laughs> considering the high rank that you're sitting at, but that's fine. It was good to speak to a bit of Super Coach royalty, ranked oh, at shut 18th. Up, come on, <laughs> one of the top 20 coaches in the world as I speak. Um, so, very, very nice sitting down with you, Chizo. Interview of my career thus far. So, um, that's going to do us for the week. If you want to get in touch with the top 20. 20- player in the world it is at chizo underscore DRSC make sure you climb into his inbox as well he's happily answering questions all week I am at JB underscore DRSC pistol at pistol underscore DRSC in the main at doctor underscore SC obviously contact our Twitters let us know how you enjoyed the podcast rate us on anything that you're listening to we never ask that and people never do it so hopefully there's some correlation people now do it but we really appreciate you listening we'll catch you guys next week